is the Leading Second podcast, where we're on mission to equip local churches everywhere to raise uncommon leaders. The Leading Second podcast releases every Thursday morning, so hit follow and share this episode with your team. Now, let's jump into another episode for all of us who lead from the middle. From the second chair, for the second chair. Hey, welcome to the Leading Second Podcast. My name is Joseph Kelly. I'm one of the team members here at Leading Second, and we are so glad that you are joining us today in our summer camp series. I know for myself and our team, we're like most church staffs and teams during the summer where it's a time of rest, slowing down, planning, kind of recalibrating, if you will, before the fall busyness comes. And so our goal with the summer camp series was to create a space where that you can come and be refreshed, re-energized, renewed, kind of re-equipped, but also challenged as a leader as we speak directly to the heart of second chair leadership. And on today's episode, we get to listen in on a portion of a very impactful teaching from Leading Second Camp, where Pastor Larry from Elevation Church gave a talk entitled, Rediscover Before You Reinvent. And then we're gonna spend a little bit of time discussing some of the tensions that he brings up and how this impacts us as we lead from the middle. After that, we're going to jump right back into a brief section of Pastor Larry's message again for a second time, and then wrap up our conversation today with some practical handles on how you can address some of the principles, the issues, and the tensions directly within your teams so that we can lead and build the church better. But before we jump into all of this, we want to remind you about something exciting that is coming up. We want to remind you that Leading Second Coaching Group applications will be closing very, very soon. This fall, we are launching a new immersive coaching experience that's designed to stretch your leadership capacity, help you develop personal leadership rhythms, and connect you with a tribe of like-minded leaders. Coaching groups are for executive pastors, campus pastors, and anyone who serves on your church's leadership team. This is a one-year coaching experience with a new team of coaches that also includes an on-site retreat this winter, and we don't want you to miss being a part of this amazing experience. We believe that God is going to use these groups to sharpen executive leaders in the church. Applications are due by August 11th, 2022, so head to our website, check out our Instagram and apply today. Now for today's episode, we are talking about the power of rediscovering before we reinvent. This is a challenging topic, especially for every Enneagram one that's tuning in today. We have to rediscover the spirit of our house before we reinvent the structure within the house. And so we must ask the question, are the decisions that we make and the structures and systems that we build reflective of the spirit that drives the heart of our church. And so I'm excited to jump in and have a conversation about these ideas today with some incredible leaders. First, we want to introduce to you Jen Tribble joining us from Parallel Church. Say what's up to everybody, Jen. Hey, everybody. So excited to be here today. Thank you so much for being a part of this with us today. We're also joined by Jared Ayers from Skybreak Church. Go ahead and say hey to everyone that's joining us today. Hey, what's up, everyone? Happy to be here. Excited for this conversation today. 
Come on. Thank you both for being a part of this. This is going to be an awesome conversation that we get to have today. So before we jump in, let's hear from Pastor Larry on Rediscover Before We Reinvent. The structure is the who. The structure is the who. Because anytime we talk about change, some of you gravitate towards, okay, what's the org chart? Okay, you are structure pre preferred. You, 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 like, what's the structure? And I get it, we gotta have the structure, but there's an order to it. Spirit becomes for structure. So if your natural tendency is to go to structure before spirit, I challenge you, we've gotta shift, as Brandon said. We've gotta shift the priority of the approach. When you engage people, are you engaging at a structure level or at a spirit level? In Numbers chapter 11, verses 16 and 17, the Lord said to Moses, bring me 70 of Israel's elders who are known to be leaders and officials among the people. Have them come to the tent of the meeting that I may stand with you there. I will come down and speak with you there and I will take some of the power of the spirit that is on you and put it on them and they will share the burden of the people so that you will not have to carry it alone. It's a beautiful thing because God is leading nation Israel out of Egyptian slavery and the org chart is very flat. It is Moses and everybody. Everybody, his direct report, like he is so overwhelmed. And they're coming to his house, like, give us meat to eat. And they're complaining and wailing. And Moses is manic depressed. He's like, God, if this is how it's going to be, kill me, take me out. I can't do it anymore. Like some of us do. Like, Lord, they're your kids because of your unveiling love. You withhold your wrath. The next one's like, kill them. Kill them all. But in the text, here's the thing that is so key that you understand. Within seven verses, the word burden is used five times. When God intended a structural change, it was all about carrying the burden of the people. That's when you get into structural changes within your organization, is it about power and efficiency or is it about better carrying the burden of the people? And I want you to discover the motivations for anything you would want to change at a structural level. But when you understand the spirit, those things are easy to see. In our house, personal is powerful. And if we're going to have a structural change, does this make people feel seen and known? Or is it easier for you to manage? What's the reason behind the structure we want to change? God broke the structure because we got to better carry the burden of the people. That's a beautiful thing for us to consider. So the spirit of our house, it's to so that people who don't know Jesus would come into relationship with him. The burden of the people must be carried. It is too much for you alone, Moses. So I will point out 70 elders known to be leaders and officials. And there's two components to this structural change, a natural and a supernatural. We rely upon the natural and we don't even consider the supernatural. The natural is the known to be leaders and officials amongst the people. What's your criteria for leading within the ministry? If it's based upon carrying the burden of the people, you would write a different list. If it's based upon you getting crap done, it's a different list. You control the list. What's driving you controls who we become. And if I see a structure that's burning people out, it's probably the leader was, it's, it's like the person who's at the bar and it's late and it's closing and I guess she's available. Like, I don't even know. So you'll settle for anybody. And rather than holding out for Mrs. Wright, you'll take Mrs. Wright now. And we will do that in leadership. Oh, they can get stuff done for me. Yeah, and in three weeks, they'll be leading the team by themselves because they're a jerk. Why are you changing the structure? Look at the last 10 structural changes you've had. 
that will probably be the next 10 unless you do something different. And some of you have people leading up under you that you know that the structural change is all about them getting the job easier. The goal of, of changing the structure is so that I can take on more responsibility. It's never about me getting my job easier. Now, what's crazy about this, the structure, because the structure for nation Israel, the, the, the 270, they would become the religious Sanhedrin, the Jewish Supreme Court. Over the next hundreds of years, they would create an additional 613 laws that would put more burden on the people. The very structural change that was meant to carry the burden of the people actually punished the people and put more burden on them. Systems will always serve themselves over time. They always will. And it was always punish the people it's meant to serve. Where in your organization is the structure punishing people? Because the structure became about power and preservation rather than the burden of the people. Isn't that funny? The very thing that God said is to carry. We took and said, nope, we're going to make you carry more. Fast forward it to Jesus. Now standing in front of the Jewish Sanhedrin, and they actually sentence him to death. You want to see how man serves itself? Don't let your structure change, and you will see it serving itself. So what you've got to do is when you understand the spirit, oh, we need to change the structure. Yeah, so we can carry the burden of the people better. Yeah, so we can, so we can reach more people. Hey, welcome back from the first section of teaching from Pastor Larry. You know, as second chair leaders, we must always remember that central to our purpose is that of stewardship. We have a high responsibility to both build and lead in a way that best carries the burden of the people that we serve. And Pastor Larry teaches on this so well. And, and structural changes within our organization are always necessary. It, it's a natural part of an organization as it grows, as ministries develop, as leadership focuses pivot towards new directives. And sometimes what once worked is no longer effective. And so that shift must take place. But when I prioritize the spirit of the house, my focus becomes how does this benefit the people that I serve best? When I prioritize structure, my focus becomes how is this better for me? So let's just go ahead and jump in and begin this conversation. Jared, I'll throw this first to you. How have you kind of wrestled with this tension of spirit and structure in your church or your organization? Yeah, for sure. I think that you know, over the last couple of years, the culture and what's happening in the world has really sort of forced a shifted focus into structure because we had to think quickly. We had to pivot quickly. Uh, and of course, this tension comes when you're trying to be spirit led. Now, I know a lot of organizations, specifically churches, had to change the way we did things. Right. But I want to emphasize that word, the way we did things, because ultimately the why we did things stayed the same or at least should have stayed the same. And I mean that like this, the Great Commission, right? That's our why. The why is to ultimately yeah. see lost people saved. And I believe that how God built the church for thousands of years up to this point should be our focus right now. What I mean by that? I mean a focus on worship, a focus on the Word of God, a focus on prayer, a focus on the Holy Spirit. So there's this tension, right, of, of, of being a church who has 
our ducks in a row, doing the right things, building a structure to hold it, and being a church that's guided by the Spirit. And both of them are important. Yeah. The question I have to ask myself is which one is the priority? And that's what I have to examine within myself and the teams I lead. Absolutely. So, so well put, you know, and, and within, I think if every church is honest and, and every organization is honest, we, we have to deal with this tension on a regular basis as we constantly strive to get better, as we try to improve the way that we do things. There can always be a tendency, though, to lose sight of the spirit and to shift more towards efficiency systems program because those are manageable. Those are controllable. Those are those are easy to have metrics on. Is it working? Is it not working? And so, Jen, what would you say some of in your in your leadership experience? What are some of the warning signs, maybe red flags that our focus has lost sight of the spirit a little bit, and we've become very very structure or structure or system heavy? I think Larry actually does an amazing job articulating some of this in in his session. He talks about comparison. Are we yeah. are we comparing ourselves to other people? Are we maybe plug and play? Like, are we taking systems from other organizations or groups or mimicking other people or groups or maybe other churches that have done done something, but then trying to execute it in our own house, but without necessarily seeing the alignment of that? I think when we start to look almost like the grass is greener on the other side and start to pull in systems that aren't necessarily uh, in alignment with the culture and the heart of your house, I would be I'd be mindful of that. I think he really articulates well with um, watching in meetings for it would be easier if we did it this way or it would be easier yeah. if we did this language. I think yeah. when it comes to doing when we're when we're constantly in the in and outs of ministry, it's easy for us to end up putting something in place and it might be successful for a season and it might be accomplishing the ends that we have in mind at the beginning, but over time that gets eroded. And some of the things that we put in for really great purposes, like at one point um, we were doing kind of like after events, after our services, and with the purpose of building connections and building relationships with people. But if you do that and it starts to become just another thing that we do, and you're not intentionally yeah. building relationships and building connections and facilitating that, then we're just going through the motions. And it's it might be it might be that that task is still happening, but the heart behind it, the culture behind it, the outcomes that had once started uh, kind of gets eroded. And so I think it's one of those things that just being careful and mindful of the language if you're hearing in our meetings or different things that we're doing that it would be easier to do an email. It would be easier to um, maybe just have like maybe pass it off. Like if you're a pastor, it might be easy to be like, I'll get another staff member to do that follow up. But then you're losing the connections, you're losing the relationship opportunities, you're losing sometimes the growth opportunities that uh, come out of those things. And I think, yeah, I think it's one of those things. I think comparison is big. I think if we're mimicking and not necessarily um, bringing something in and evaluating it with our culture and your values as a house. That's so good. You know, one of the things that we always do here um, when we evaluate a ministry, evaluate a system, is we ask the question, you know, why do we do this? And if, if it's one, if the answer is one of those of, well, it's just how we do it, or it's just what we yeah. do, or it's just what's always been done. Um, usually we've, we've become very structure focused and we've lost sight of the spirit of why we do it. One example, um, this week, we actually had a meeting for one of our local missions projects that, that we serve out of our church. 
Um, and it was brought to the table to let's automate a lot of the behind the scenes stuff, a lot of the way that we process when people come through. Let's just automate it all of it. And the reason was because it would be more efficient. The problem yep. was is that we lose FaceTime with these families. We lose the opportunity to pray with them directly. There's a lot of things that carry the spirit of what we do that gets lost. It, w- it would have been more efficient. Maybe we could have served more families in a smaller time frame, but is the impact the same? Um, and so kind of going back to something that you brought up a moment ago, bringing maybe a system or something from the outside, but then bringing it back into alignment within your house. And then I'll kind of throw this, Jen, first to you, and then Jared, I'd love for you to speak to this as well, of how do we, how do we bring maybe something that we've seen from another house into ours, but keep that alignment of the same spirit? Yeah, I think one of the things just to be really intentional about is those outcomes that you're trying to achieve. So we, our church will usually go to conferences each year. Our pastor will send us to kind of go and to pick other teams' brains and to learn from other churches. And we did this for quite a few years. And we'd always come back with something. And me and my husband also are involved in service programming. And so we'd always come back with some fun kind of opener idea or something um, that would work like within service programming or the context of it. And uh, we've done... We've done some pretty fun ones. We've done the big openers. We've done the funny openers. Um, Sometimes those like are hit and miss. And what worked in a conference setting doesn't always work on a Sunday morning um, in our churches. And we've learned that the hard way. But I think you go to a conference and you see a big opener and then you try to bring it back home and do it. And sometimes, sometimes it works and sometimes it flops. But you have to know uh, the intentionality piece behind that in our, the whole purpose of doing openers is to get engagement and to get people disarmed so that they're not coming in with all this heaviness. They're laughing and they're, they're getting tuned into the service right from the very beginning. So by the time pastor comes up to preach, the room's already been set. That temperature has been, um, like the room is ready to receive the message. And I think it's very easy to go somewhere and to see something and be like, oh, yeah, we, we need to do that. But then, you know, you don't have the same level of musicians. You might not have the same budget. You might not have uh, the same resources that those teams have to implement it. And then you do it and it kind of falls short of sometimes it can fall short of the original. And I think with Larry, um, when he was talking about the mimicking side of it, it's so easy for us to be like, yeah, like. Like we went to this conference and we executed it, but we didn't execute it to the same level of excellence. And we wonder why at the end of the day, we don't feel like um, it hit home, but that wasn't necessarily something that was, um, it was created for a conference and it was created for a time and a season. And then we try to put it into our services and wonder why it doesn't, doesn't land the plane. And I think keeping in mind like your objectives early on and being like, okay, like we need to make sure that people walk away engaged and that that kind of set the tone for our pastor so he can come up and do his job. And I think that's just one, but there's so many, there's so many times when we've looked at even like new here systems or volunteer systems and things and tried to execute them without the same level of uh, buy-in, maybe research, understanding our culture and our people and where they're at. And then we think the system's going to solve the problems yeah. when in actuality, you're probably masking them or putting a bandaid on it because right. it seems more efficient or more effective than it actually is. Yeah, that's so good. Jared, can you kind of speak to that as well? Where we're trying to bring, you know, something from the outside, but making sure, you know, it stays in alignment with your heart, your spirit of the house. Yeah, not a whole lot to add on because that was, that was spot on. 
But I think I heard a, I heard a pastor one time. He said, "God gave you eyes, plagiarize, right? <laughs> There's <laughs> yeah. nothing new under the sun." And so I think a lot of times, and I'm guilty of this. I'll go to a conference and I'll get all fired up, like we're throwing out the playbook and we're starting over. <laughs> like, and everyone who wasn't at the conference is like, "What?" You know. So we come in and with good intentions, but we cause disunity, maybe division, maybe just a lack of communication and people are on different pages. And so while I think it's important, I mean, obviously to look at what's working at other churches, because obviously it's working, um, kind of what you were saying, how do you fit that into your objectives, your vision, your mission? Um, just an example, we've kind of adopted um, some of the Highlands model when it comes to small groups. Now they have like eight hubs, but we're not at the place right now where we're ready to, to facilitate eight hubs. So we narrowed it down four and you got to work it through your vision through your mission and you know your values and so that way it doesn't come out scatterbrained and and doesn't make any sense to the people you're trying to explain it to so really spending time on the back end setting it up not just coming in and sweeping change everything and and, and leaving people confused right so that's important i, I think yeah, that, that's so, so good. One of the things that Pastor Larry talked about so well was kind of criteria for leadership. We, you know, when we talk about the, the tension here between spirit and structure, he says, you know, for, for us, especially that lead from the middle, that we control the list of what's expected out of leaders, that if we were to make a list for, you know, a leader with their job being to carry the burden of the people, we would have one set of expectations where if it's a leader we just want you to get stuff done that that list would look completely different. So for those of us who do have oversight over other leaders within our organization, how do we do a good job of balancing the expectation? Because both is needed, right? Like we have to serve the people within our church, but we also have to get stuff done. Like the job has to be accomplished. So how do we balance that? Well, yeah, uh, this really spoke to me because look, I am a get crap done kind of person. Like, if, if my to-do list has boxes that aren't ticked, I'm upset about it. <laughs> so I kind of have like this, nobody cares what you did yesterday, work harder today kind of mentality. So I get it. However, if if my getting things done isn't walking hand in hand with the burden of the people, well, then I, I've missed it. I'm just, I'm just busy, right? You ask anyone how they're doing, odds are they're going to say something like, I'm busy. Well, sorry, I asked. You know, our pastor says, our pastor says all the time, like, if you find yourself constantly being busy, you may not be, be doing too much. You may just be doing too much that doesn't matter. And so like, at the end of the day, right, we, we have to get stuff done. But the first filter that I want to look through, and again, I'm talking to myself because this is something I'm working on, it, is I got to be looking through the filter of carrying that burden for the people. Because, like you said, I have the expectation for both. Like, our teams, we're going to get crap done. Yeah. But again, it's, it's, about, it's about priority. Like we are God's church. We are the bride of yeah. Christ, yeah. right? Every person that comes into our doors is a person that God is crazy about and that he's madly in love with, right? So if the system is bulldozing the bride of Christ, and I have to sit back and really reevaluate that. So finding the balance is important, but I have to ask myself the question, am I carrying the burden of the people? Am I making those that I lead, if I, am I making their life better, um, those that are new guests, am I, do they feel welcomed? Am I carrying that burden? Or um, am I stressing people out every time my phone number comes up on their phone? Right. And one thing, one thing that I think is important in, in my life, too, I've been working on this, and I don't want to overlook it, is am I praying that prayer, right? God, break my heart for what breaks yours. Yes. Like, am I doing the things in my own time with God in my quiet time 
that make me sensitive to God's voice. Because I think if I can take care of those things, then I can't help but be people driven yeah. and the getting things done just kind of falls into place with that. And both are important. I love getting things done. I love checking the boxes, but I've got to carry the weight of the people, the burden of the people as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the things that, that we, we've started doing with all of our role descriptions for our lead team is that at the very top, before we list anything that's expected out of you as far as tasks, responsibilities, oversight, management, very first thing is to steward the culture and vision of the house. And, and yeah. kind of the, the language we've put around that is that if, if we get that right first, then everything else has a hard time to get out of alignment. If we keep that in focus, that in play, keep our mind focused on that above, above all else, we remember that people are what really matters. That if our systems are great, if we're efficient, if we get a lot of stuff done, but people's lives aren't changed, then we have missed the mark. And so we have to do that well. This conversation is going so good. Before we go any further, we're going to jump right back into the message from Pastor Larry and hear a little bit more, uh, and then we'll dive right back in. The system is how we do this. How do we do this? I think two of the most important systems you've got to look at is, is, is two things. One is your, your first-time guests, and the other one is your volunteers. I think right now it's so important that you look at system changes that revolve around those two things. And when you think about a system changing, when you think about it changing, is it, are we changing it that's easier for you to manage or it's better for us to reach more people? When we first started the ministry, we had 45 volunteers 16 years ago. We had 115 volunteer opportunities to fill on Sunday. So everybody's pulling triple duty. We've always lived in that space. Like we've never had enough resource for the demand. Welcome to ministry. Praise God, you never get to 100%. That's just what it is. And so it meant every week, a big part of my job is to call every single one of them saying, hey, we're serving, we're serving. You're gonna be there. How's your mom and them? How you doing? How can I pray for you? Because I needed every one of them there. Because if one wasn't there, three holes were left. But eventually we got 300 volunteers and we only needed 115 and now the system changes, and it would be more efficient for us if we would just hit send. And we neutered the spirit because we lost the personal. So you listen to the language when somebody in a meeting say, it would be so much easier if we just hit send. And you're ever going, yeah, that'd be great. Because what happens is I'm looking at them, and they're overworked, and they're letting everybody know that they're overworked, and they're making sure everybody's aware of it. And so now we'll withhold the spirit because I feel like I've got to give them flexibility in the system so I don't burn them out. But they create a system that's divorced from the spirit and now they're hitting send on emails and now people don't feel like personal is powerful anymore. Our whole vision is about making people feel seen and known. That's it. And our space is to create something that made people walk in, they feel seen and known. But when we worship on the altar of efficiency, we neuter the spirit out of it. I wonder where in your organization you're worshiping in efficiency rather than God. And now you put somebody in place who's their great systems person. Yeah, they have no personality. <laughs> and they really don't love people. So now we're going to let them create the process for all of the people? Right. Oh, that sounds perfect. Let's do that. It's funny, but it's so true. 
And I wonder who's left your organization because they didn't feel like they were seen and known. Now, moving forward, if you allow that to persist underneath your leadership, to me, that's wicked and lazy. So now it forces you as a leader to say, will I let that stay in place or will I address it? Wow, they've been here for 15 years and yeah, and they've been running people off for 15 years. So the spirit is to make people feel seen and known. What's the spirit of your house? What are the stories around it? What, what, are the, what are the examples of when you've seen it lived out and you've personally experienced it? How are you creating an experience where new people walk in and they get immersed into that and they, they get swept up into that? You are a steward of the spirit. But the spirit is what informs you of every structure change and every system change that must happen within your organization. If you look back over the last two years, have most of your conversations been at a spirit level or a structure and a system level? Guess what the next two years of conversations will be unless you change it. And, but some of you are like, that's going to be so hard because that's a lot of work. Yes, it is. Welcome to ministry. Praise God. Because here's what I'm convinced of now more than ever is when the table gets dominated with people who were exhausted and tired, they'll always take the easy way out. And at the table, they give presenting arguments about why we need to change the structure and the system, do this and this and this. I just want to ask, who's going to be the voice of the person who's not here? Who, who's going to be the voice of the 14-year-old girl in your community that gave a part of herself away last night and she feels used in second-rate, second class? Who's going to be the voice for her that says, no, 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 no. We are not going to limit this thing based upon what's easy for you to execute. We are going to expand it so that more people can come underneath the umbrella and meet Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Who's, who's going to be that voice? Could it be you? Because when you're led by the Spirit, you'll always see the person who feels unseen. Such a good message from Pastor Larry. And I love the final thing that he said, that when you are led by the Spirit, you will always see the person that feels unseen. And the goal is that people in our churches would be raised to life in Christ, that they would be seen, they would be known. And systems can help us in our organizations. And it's something that we must be intentional about as leaders in the second chair to make sure that our systems, while being efficient, still meet the goal of bringing people to Jesus, that making sure that they're seen, that they're known, that they're loved, that they're cared for. But systems are designed to produce an efficiency. And if left to themselves, I love that he talks about this, that systems will always serve themselves. They will always serve the, the, the system. They will always serve the efficiency more than the people if we are not intentional about how we manage these. So as leaders, as stewards, we, when we lead our teams, we have to be intentional that when we get off focus, when we get out of alignment, when we start to miss the mark, we have the responsibility to deal with these things. And so just a couple of questions to toss to both of you guys. So let's make it practical today, talking about this tension. How do we keep focus on, or how do we rediscover the spirit of our house when we have gotten out of alignment? And how do we protect the spirit as we do our best to serve the people in our churches? Yeah, I think it's so important that this is a constant awareness and tension to manage in our ministries. I know for my teams personally, when we're working through this kind of stuff, it's so it's important that the tasks get done, but it's so much more important that people understand 
their why and why they're doing what they do. And I think we spend a lot of emphasis, especially when it comes to staff members or working with volunteer leads or team leads. We're constantly evaluating the tasks. We're not necessarily evaluating uh, their understanding and their purpose and how that like drives into their role descriptions. Um, when it comes to like mentoring sessions, uh, Pastor Larry was saying uh, you need to ask better questions. And I, I agree with that, I think. And a lot of times our mentoring, when we're mentoring young leaders or mentoring people on our teams, we're trying to help them grow and become who God's created them to be in their own unique way and what they bring to the table. But it does need to come to alignment with where the culture and the vision and the heart of your of your churches and when people are i think wrestling through those things and trying to figure out like i have a task list 100 miles long but i have a person sitting in front of me who's going through something relationally and they need they need that ministry time or that attention from their leader um hands down like attend the person who's in front of you and what they're going through and for me at the end of the day like the task list it does have to get done but we're also we're like systems are just tools and structures are just tools and we can't treat people as if they're the tool to get it done. Um, yeah, we, have so to, we have to invest in our leaders. We have to invest in the people that are in front of us. And it's, un, it's almost unfair for us as leaders to hold them to an account for the, the task list. If we're not actually investing into them personally and investing in those relationships and helping them grow into the people that they need to be, I think we can only, we can only hold accountability uh, so far when it comes to um, we have other things like character development. We have leadership development and the ability to give them the tools and resources and things to help them to help them grow. And sometimes we're so hyper focused on the tasks that we will dismiss somebody because they didn't get the job done. But we didn't actually spend the time equipping them, resourcing them or, or developing them into the person who is going to take the vision, understand the vision and execute it. And sometimes when it comes to execution, we would be like, okay, like we're going to do this after party on Sunday kind of thing. So we're going to have um, stuff out on the patio and everyone's going to mix and mingle and that's going to be a good time. And the party gets executed, but we didn't think through the lens of, did anyone make a friend? Did anybody actually connect with someone? Did anyone have a chance to speak to one of the pastoral staff, uh, did anyone invite them back next week? Um, and some of those things that get missed in that process. And so I think when it comes to aligning with um, getting the structure to come in alignment with the heart, we need to take a step back sometimes and um, just reevaluate what we're doing, why we're doing it, and make sure that that goes and seeps into the next levels of our teams. It's very easy for uh, like a visionary or someone to be leading the charge and being like, yeah, we're going to reach a million people this year. Like, And then all of a sudden your staff are panicking because they're like, how is that going to happen? But they're so focused on the how and the nuts and bolts that they can't actually it's hard for them to wrap their brain around sometimes what leaders are asking of them because they're so caught up in the nuts and bolts and being like trying to work through all the hows that it's hard for them to get their hearts wrapped around the vision. Um, sometimes I think we find that with our teams, like the efficiency side of it, um, it does end up being a bit of, um, I would say a stumbling block because we have certain things and objectives that we want. So for example, we do a program here called Shop of Wonders and it's a Christmas program and we have families come through and at the end of the day, we're providing toys for the families that need them for their kids for Christmas. 
but the whole thing is a process and we decorate a retail space and we make it shoppable and we have people dress up as elves and they host them and take them through this whole experience. And um, I've had pushback on it um, like throughout the years on why don't we make this more efficient? Why don't we have the families come through faster? Why don't we just put them out on tables and have them boy, girl, marked age 14, age 12, instead of letting them come through and just shop and um, it's, it's about the efficiency thing. And they're like, okay, like this would be a lot more efficient if we did it this way. It's like, but you're also giving up all those interactions. You're giving up the ability to minister to them where they're at, the ability to have a face-to-face conversation and those things. I think, um, yeah, I think it's very easy for us to make things automatic and it's very easy to almost over, over lean on our systems and structures instead of, Um, finding a system and structure that is going to work and facilitate your vision instead of the opposite way where it's like we're trying to facilitate results. We need something that's going to help us reach more people, um, like move our mission forward and get stuff done. But also it's just a tool and how we use that tool really makes a difference. Yeah. Jared, maybe if you will speak directly to this idea and this tension as it regards to to leaders under you in your ministries, that when you see a leader that uh, that's in your team, that's in your ministry, that you can see maybe the way that they're leading is starting to, to get yeah. off mission, to get out of alignment, that they're carrying the structure, they're carrying the system so well, as Jen said, they're carrying the efficiency well, but they're not carrying the spirit well. What does maybe those conversations look like with those leaders to get them back into alignment? For sure. Um, so one of the things before I ever look externally, I'm like, okay, what is something I could have done differently? So I think it starts with me. Like if I don't have the spirit of the house as a part of who I am, I'm not going to know what to look for. So I got to start there. Second, it just can't be in my words. It has to be, um, who I am. Like I could be really good at reciting back cool slogans, but if it's not lining up with my actions, then it doesn't matter. And people see right through it. So what I'm trying to say is in order to like kind of protect that culture and guard the spirit of your house, we have to first display it and be that example of what the spirit of our house is. So people can say, oh, that's how we do things around here. Right. Next, it has to be clearly communicated to our teams. Right. We can't just assume that everyone knows it. So I would say over communicate it. So when dealing with something directly, a leader who maybe is kind of getting off alignment a little bit or just out of whack a little bit, I would say um, I would correct it and correct it fast. I don't want to wait until things have been festering a while before we create culture um, because like ultimately a wound that's left um, infected, it's not going to heal properly and it has to be addressed. So do it with grace, do it with truth. And I think when we put the right people in the right places in leadership, they're going to model the spirit of our house. And so you make visible for the entire team, like, hey, this is what we expect. And then just addressing it again quickly, but out of grace and out of love. And kind of just some some people, most most people aren't malicious or intentional. Um, so just kind of course correcting a little bit when it comes up versus waiting until, you know, quarterly reviews two months right. from that, taking care of it right then and there. I love that. Hey, this has been an incredible conversation today. Is there anything else that you guys want to add? Maybe kind of some last parting thoughts about uh, this tension of spirit over structure before we wrap up today? I would say get away from your desk, right? Like get out in the lobbies, step out of the media booth or backstage, wherever you're at, look up from your list 
and see what God is doing in your church and just ask people what has God done in your life. Like that is a surefire way to get that spirit back inside of you. When you see when what you're doing is working in the lives of other people, then it just helps you kind of keep going. Yeah, I would agree. We're in the people business and that's what this is all about. We're here to reach people, impact lives, love our communities. And I think it's very easy for us to get caught up in the systems and the structures of things because we almost use that as a crutch to help us move forward. And really, like, we're limping forward. We're not actually sprinting in the race that's ahead of us. We need to, I think, focus on the people, focus on the people that are around us, just like what you're saying. We all got into this because we love people and we love God and we want to see the church move forward. And I think if we focus focus from there, remember why we started what we're doing and uh, really help other people understand that because when they can refocus and center on that why, that's going to help them no matter what their job description is. If they shift roles, if they move up and down the org chart, or if they're moving from department to department, because that happens in ministry. Sometimes we're asked to serve in areas that it may not even be our skill set, but our pastor needs us to go and serve there. But it's up to us to bring the culture and the mission and the vision when we go into those places. And you can learn the tasks and you can learn the systems and the structure. But we do have to start start with that why and start from there and everything else will come into alignment. That's so good. That's so good. A good reminder that, you know, we didn't get in this to just do the work or the tasks of ministry, but we got in this to serve people and build the church and the church is people. The church isn't our systems. It isn't our structures. It isn't our efficiency. Our church is the people uh, that make up the body of Christ. And so thank you guys both so much for being a part of this conversation today around carrying the spirit of our house over just our systems and our structure so that we can build the church together. Hey, we want to wish our leading second tribe a fantastic rest of your summer. We hope to see you all very, very soon. We'll see you in the next episode. Have a great day. check out leadingsecond.com follow us on instagram at leading second and join us on the leading second collective on facebook